Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Multifaceted Athlete. I am so excited for you to listen to this week's episode. So as I promised last week, I have a guest on this week. And this week I'm talking to Diane Lauren. I have been following her on TikTok and Instagram for quite a bit of time. She is just really cool. So I was really excited to have her on. To be honest, I was very nervous before this conversation because I didn't have a set topic that I really wanted to talk to Diane about. I just, we have a lot in common, which you'll hear in the recording. We found out we have even more in common than we initially knew. So for those who don't know Diane, she is a runner. She shares a lot of her training on social media, which is how we got connected, but she's also a software engineer who works in tech. So that was another facet that I loved about her because obviously I used to work in tech. I love women who code and she codes a lot in her job. So I wanted to have her on just to have a chat because she is everything that the multifaceted athlete loves here. We love people who love running, but love more than running and have different passions in life. So yeah, we cover a wide berth of topics. We talk about how Diane got into software engineering, how she got into running. And then from there, we just kind of geek out about running, different areas of running, a lot of back and forth. It was a really fun conversation. I always appreciate when guests ask questions in return. Obviously, it's not required of guests, but it's always nice because it is more like a conversation that flows. So hopefully you love this episode and feel like you're just listening to two friends chatting in your ear as you're running, driving, whatever you're doing. Always appreciate you listening. And if you like the podcast, please, if you wouldn't mind, leave a rating, review, subscribe, all those good things wherever you listen to podcasts. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Diane. And there is some B-roll at the front because our cats kept interrupting us and you will hear them throughout the recording in the background. So enjoy. Like I used to be really into like literally okay wait sorry my cat (laughs) I just heard mine too (laughs) sorry give me one second okay I love how this is gonna be in your recording okay okay take two (laughs) well Diane welcome to the podcast I'm so excited to have you here this week because you are everything that we love on the multifaceted athlete uh for those at home who don't know you love software engineering and also running can you hear pumpkin Oh my God, our cats are making this impossible. (laughs) It's because I'm in here and my husband is in the garage. I'm just going to let him in. Hold on. Oh my gosh. At least you have a cat too that's also going nuts. That makes me feel better. Yeah, Pumpkin is a – he's my co-host of this podcast, so the listeners know him well. (laughs) Um, But anyway – Let's dive into how you got into tech and software engineering because we are both women who, well, I don't work in tech anymore, but we were, you are. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and we're not the majority. So how did you get interested in tech and how did you get to where you are? Yeah, I feel like I always had a little bit of an interest in tech. Um, My mom and my dad are both electrical engineers with computer science options. So my mom was always um, in that techie world. And I feel like because I saw her doing that, 
when I was growing up, I never thought like, oh, that's not like where women belong or anything because I had such a strong role model in the tech space. Um, but I think like my love of tech kind of stemmed from playing video games probably. And yeah, I used to play The Sims a lot. That, I mean, honestly, still would, still would play The Sims. Yeah. It's like one of the best games. Yes. Absolutely. I I love that you played The Sims. (laughs) Yeah. I still like would play. I just don't have as much free time to play video games anymore. But yeah, I had a love of video games. I had a PS3, loved playing games with my brother too. And yeah, I I started getting into like modding games and that kind of struck an interest in coding and tech. And then, yeah, I just kind of started taking those classes in high school and the rest was fate, destiny. I don't know. <laughs> That's so cool. We didn't actually have – when I was in high school, we didn't have the option to have any, like, coding classes, at least not that I remember. It's been a long time now. Um, yeah. But I was always good at math. So then I was like, obviously, I'm going to get a math degree. And then, yeah. yeah, eventually found data science. But, yeah, that's so cool that you, like, had such a strong role model from a young age because I feel like – um, and you can weigh on, on in on this too. I feel like girls in general aren't as encouraged to go into yeah. science and mathematics, um, and especially if their parents aren't in the field as well. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's so true. I think it's interesting because I think as much as you don't think that your parents like influence you they definitely do probably as you get older you start to realize that a lot more but yeah I've noticed that a lot like my mom was very non-traditional she's very strong she's very she was definitely the head of the household very very intelligent she was always the one who helped us with our math homework um so I don't know I always I always very much thought of women that way yeah I love that. And now you're a role model, I would think, for the younger girls. I don't know how many younger girl followers you have on the socials, but hopefully a portion of your audience is. Yeah, I think I do have a few. It's always very exciting when I find out that like there's girls in high school who are following me because I hope to be a good role model for them. So yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you do a really good job. Like Part of why I started following you was obviously I love running and you shared about your training. So I was like, that's probably why you came across my For You page. But then you also share about your coding and stuff and like showing that you work a full-time job and you're coding all day. So I think that's really valuable to see for the younger generation too. Yeah, yeah. And I think like that's something that I think is important for women to see too, that like after you graduate university, you don't have to give up your hobbies, even though you pursue a career, right? So pursuing running alongside my professional life and managing that and, you know, making time for your own hobbies and getting support from your partner for that is something that's so important. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Did you get your love of running from your parents too, or is that a different story? Oh my gosh, not really. I Kind of, I would say, like, my dad, actually, he had a heart attack when we were quite young. He was in his 40s. He was quite young. Um, He wasn't out of shape or anything like that, but we have the genetics 
for heart disease, unfortunately. So yeah, my dad had a heart attack and then he had a quadruple bypass. I think I was like quite young. I think I would have been like eight, maybe eight or nine or something like that. And um, he, he healed from that. And then he decided to start running half marathons. So I remember like watching him when I was younger, I would like go down and watch him run like the Toronto Waterfront Marathon. He did a bunch. So there was that, but it wasn't until a little bit later that I got into running. Um, I left high school where I I had played soccer my entire life during Mm -hmm. my childhood growing up. And then I played in high school as well. And I came to university and it was interesting because I went from like an athlete to not an athlete anymore. You kind of have a little yeah. bit of a loss of sense of self in some ways because that's such like a big defining feature of so many people's like routines, lives, personalities. Um, so it was tough in my first year. And then in my second year, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to run. It's fine. It's not going to be that hard. Violently humbled, <laughs> to put it lightly. <laughs> but yeah, I – I walked on to the cross country team and that was a very interesting, humbling experience. But even though I wasn't very good at it, I like was the one person having the most fun there and the most excited to be there. So that was kind of how I got into running. That's so funny. I never knew this about you, but like we kind of have the same story. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. I didn't play. Well, I played soccer when I was younger and then high school I played field hockey Okay. Going to college, my first year was awful because I was like, what do I do with myself? Who am I? I'm so homesick. And then my junior year, I walked onto the cross country team. That's so funny. Yeah. After starting to run my second year. What was that experience like for you? Were you like, oh my God, why? Wait, this is hard. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, well, because one of my friends suggested it because she was like, I had run two half marathons my sophomore year. And she was yeah. like, you should go run cross country. And I was like, I am not a cross country runner though. <laughs> and then the coach just let me walk on. And I was like, this is a thing that can happen. And then all the girls were so fast. And yeah. then like, oh my God, I don't know. Do you remember your first race? Because I remember my first race. It yeah. was like, I want to say it was a 5K back to back. It was like a relay. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, what is this? We ran 10K total. It was the hardest thing of my life. That was the only time we had that format. I have no idea why. Oh my gosh. That's so different. I've like never heard of that. Although I know it's slightly different in the States because I think women in America run 5K. Yeah. We won 5K and then 6K for the championships. Yeah. Yeah. And regionals and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. What do they run in Canada? Well, they changed it now. So they brought women up to 8K. Finally. they brought men down to 8K. They're trying to – I think they were talking about that in the States a little bit. But, yeah, they, they're transitioning that in Canada. Well, they have already. So, yeah. That's crazy. To be yeah. honest, they were talking about increasing us to the 8K when I was in school. Yeah. And when I heard that, I was like, 6K is long enough. Do not make me run an 8K. <laughs> the thing is, I was graduated by the time they made that change. But I actually think that would have been better for me. Because Ooh. I fare a little better in the longer distances. I don't have the – I mean, I'm working on it. But I don't have, like, the best. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I tend to place a little better as the distances go up. Interesting. Were yeah. you um, better at, like, the flatter courses or the hillier courses? 
Oh my God. To be honest, I wasn't better at anything back then. <laughs> I was not good. <laughs> I was just there, like being there. Yeah. Have no idea what I was doing. I was so, that was joining that team with zero running experience, but like just some athletic, re- residual athleticness. Yeah being an athlete in high school was like the most humbling experience in my life because you're with all girls who like I was like cool what's cross country mm-hmm. like, I was like how do we play this like <laughs> but it, it was so like I loved running from the second I started I was like I I freaking love doing this but yeah I wasn't better at anything like I, everything I did I was like <laughs> the last girl it was very, very humbling, very humble start to the sport for sure. Yeah, that's so funny. Um, do you think that getting into running like later in life for people at home, I'm quoting, because, um, yeah. you know, a lot of people start in high school and then they get burnt out in college. Do you think entering later has helped you retain your love of it? Absolutely. I'm the one girl I ran with during during university who still runs. Wow. I don't – I think there's no – None of the other girls on the team who were were incredible runners, none of them run anymore. So it's funny because even my partner, Dan, he he was very young when he started. He, he's been running his whole life. He started when he was like 10 or something like that. But um, he had a great team in high school. They won provincials and none of them run anymore. None of them run. They hate it. Like they're they're burnt out. They hate the sport, but Dan still loves it. I think it's because like for him, it never became like a job in -hmm. some way. Like I think a lot of his teammates from high school went to America to run D1. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot, it's different in the States because there's a lot of money involved. Um, You're there on a scholarship. They want you to race. They want you to like really prioritize that. Puts a lot of pressure on young athletes. So yeah, I think for me, because when I started, I wasn't good and I didn't get attention for being good. And I almost got like the opposite of that. I almost got had like a, a bit of a harsh start. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it kind of like tested my love of the sport. Like, do you really love doing this? Because you're not getting praised for it. You're not getting like accolades. It's like you're just running to run just to be here. And it was very pure. I really loved it for what it was. And um, I think – coming into it later in life made me like no one was pressuring me. My parents Mm -hmm. weren't pressuring me. I didn't have any coaches pressuring me. So I just was there because I wanted to be there. So I think, yeah, in a lot of ways. That's awesome. That is similar to what like people I've known that started running later in life. um, And similarly, my teammates, I don't think really any of them run anymore, which is really sad to think about because it's like, I know we're similar. It's like such a big part of our lives still, <laughs> like for me 10 years later. So I can't imagine just cold turkey never running again. I know. That's so funny. That's so funny to hear that we did have very similar experiences. And it's funny to hear that like none of your teammates ran run anymore either. Not to my knowledge, although I don't follow all of them still. But yeah. the yeah. ones, yeah. I do remember when I was like, leaving one of the younger girls she was like a junior when I was a senior she was like I can't wait to not run after my last race next year and I was like what I wish I could stay here (laughs) yeah in a lot of ways I felt like 
I don't, I almost felt like leaving the collegiate athletics was when I really started. Yeah. yeah. That's so interesting to hear that. It's funny though. I think a lot of people, I mean, I guess it's very different in the States because do you think she was there on scholarship? Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she was one that was recruited out of high school because of her yeah. times. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, there's pressure. You're like doing it there to pay for your education. And I can't, I can't imagine what that's like. No, no. Yeah. Um, did you feel that pressure in your schooling? Like how was school for you? I think I felt pressure in schooling for sure. I I always just wanted to succeed. I wanted to I wanted to have the career that I knew I could have. It was interesting like I think I always felt a bit of a need to like prove myself or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I always did I always did well in school. I was never like the top smartest student or anything like that. But I always did quite well and I enjoyed school, so I think there was some pressure, but it, I was not like – I was not the type of person who would have, like, ki- killed themselves over school. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know you've mentioned in one of your posts, like, a long time ago that you are not type A, which is yeah. the type of person who would kill themselves in school. <laughs> yeah. It's fun because I think I think that – a lot of people think you have to be successful, think that you have to be type A to be successful. And I think that's so not true. Like I think for a long time I might have thought that as well, but I started realizing like you can't force yourself to be someone you're not. That's just going to make everything feel 10 times harder for you. Do you think you're type A? Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like textbook. (laughs) Because you're so put together. I disappear that way on the outside. <laughs> oh my god, no. You are you see that way. So funny. No, but yeah, like in school. But I think part of it was kind of what you're talking about with cross country, because I had a full scholarship to college. Okay. So it was like I gotta get straight A's, even though no one ever told me that in my life. You had but. an academic scholarship. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's very crazy. See, yeah. you know what? It's so different in America. Like, I figured. I don't think there's probably some stuff like that here. You get grants in Canada. They'll give oh. you grants if you have like a high average coming in. Okay. Some schools will like try and entice you with some money, but it's not enough to pay for your <laughs> not nothing I got. Maybe other people got more. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I feel like in America, um, that was kind of like – I did well in high school, so I internalized like I should get a scholarship. Wow. And like yeah. that's where I should go, whoever yeah. gives me the most money. Do you regret that? No. No. Okay. No. So I wanted to go to school in New York. I thought I yeah. wanted to live in Manhattan. Yeah. Uh, so I ended up on Long Island because Hofstra ended up giving me the biggest scholarship and like yeah. – I learned that I don't want to live in New York, but it brought yeah. me to cross country. And yeah. then, yeah, I mean, I had a great – well, my first year wasn't great, but, <laughs> you know, the rest of school was. Was it jarring for you to come into your first year? Um, I think it was just lonely. Yeah. You know? Were you in residence? What does in residence mean? Oh, my gosh. Wait, <laughs> why do I feel like American life is so <laughs> – Did I live in dorms on campus? Okay, yeah, that's what yes. you call that. 
Sure. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because I grew up in Maryland, so it was like a four-hour drive at least yeah. to school. So yeah, I lived on campus. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We talked about like being in residence. <laughs> Were you yes. in residence? I was. I had. Did you have a roommate like in your room yes. with you? Uh-huh. Yeah. Very interesting experience. <laughs> yeah. I actually had the same roommate all four years. Whoa. You had a roommate for four years. Yeah. <laughs> Holy mo- that's a lot. That's a lot. It was a lot. I did think about getting a single room at one point. Yeah. But uh, scholarships don't cover room and board. So yeah. my and my parents helped me pay for that. Then they were like, "We're not paying more <laughs> for you yeah. to live alone in a room." And I was like, "Yeah, that's fair. Fair, fair enough." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's different. I feel like um, American University is so. You guys call it college, right? Yeah. Okay. It's so expensive. It's, it's crazy. so expensive. It's actually so it's no one's paying like I don't know two hundred thousand dollars to go to university in Canada. That's nuts. It's because no one should pay that much to yeah, go absolutely to university. not. <laughs> That's so crazy. Yeah, yeah, we don't have Ivy Leagues or anything here. That's probably for the best too. <laughs> I'm like I don't even know what that. I feel like they're hyped up for like no reason. Interesting. Hopefully, oh, no one takes that clip out of context. <laughs> Someone's going to clip it. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, but, yeah, I think that's why scholarships are, like, such a thing here because otherwise student loans. Yeah. And I think that's why a lot of Canadians go to America because they they have athletic scholarships in America, mm. whereas we don't have that here. There's no oh. athletic scholarships in Canada. Interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. I'm not sure why that is, but – it might be – and don't quote me on this, but it might be because they want to keep like athletics and academics separated in some ways and not like involve money in that. Yeah. Yeah. So I can see that. And maybe as a way not to like influence where someone goes. Yeah, true. That's like, honestly probably a big part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's kind of cool that you can actually choose where you want to go because you want to go there, not because – you have to pay less or nothing at all. Totally. Yeah. And you guys have eligibility, right? Like if you raced for five years, yeah, okay, that's the same. Yeah. Yeah. So technically I still have eligibility. And you do too, yeah. right? I do too. Yeah. Dan's all out. He's all out of eligibility. <laughs> I'm like, who cares? I'm not going back to <laughs> I know, right? I uh I follow I've been following the past like couple years with NCAA um (laughs) the D1 here and like watching uh the championships what was it two couple weeks ago and Parker Valby running an 1855 and a 6k like I haven't even run that in a 5k and I did not run that in a 5k in college and I'm just like how were we in the same division (laughs) So crazy. Yeah, so I know. Crazy. Literally, I haven't ran that in a fi- – I haven't ran that in a 5K on the roads. Yeah. On the track. Forget about crossing. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I like – I'm so far removed from it. I forget how hard cross country is because you're yeah. not on a solid surface. You're going yeah. over hills. <laughs> yeah, I ran cross country last year and <gasps> yeah. transitioning from roads to cross country was hard. And so, so humbling. You really – but you know what I love about cross country is like who cares about pace? You never look at your watch. You never mm-hmm. – you're 
feel the need to hit a certain pace. You're there to race. It's such a different like mentality almost. And you're there to like race on the course, right? If the course is muddy, if the course is hilly, it's going to be different. Like Dan is the type of runner who hopes for a bad day. Oh. It's messy. He hopes it's cold. Mm -hmm. He hopes it's miserable because – when it is, he places really, really well. But when it's a fast day, it's not the best thing for him. That's so funny. That reminds yeah. me of Des Linden and she, she talks wants. about marathons. <laughs> yeah, she wants a bad day. Mm-hmm. It's interesting how some athletes – because Des is tough, you yeah. know? She's a tough athlete. She'll tough it out. But then there's a lot of girls who have a little more speed than her. So it's interesting to see – I feel like people think running so simple, but it's it's quite technical, you know? It is. And, like, the coolest thing is there's so many different factors of running. There's, like, there's track running, there's cross country, there's road running, there's ultras, there's trails. Like, yes. so many different things you can try within the sport. Yeah. I feel like you've done so much of it. Like, you, you've really touched, like, every area of that. I've never run a marathon. Crazy. <laughs> Wait, wait, wait a minute. But you've done a marathon in your ultras. Oh, yeah. But I've never signed up for a marathon. Okay. You've never – okay, fair enough. You've, de- you've not done the marathon distance on its mm-hmm. own. No. Yeah. That's true. That's fair. That's that's interesting because you know what? I had done – I'm similar in the sense where I had done the marathon, but I hadn't done the half until last year. Oh. So I had never touched the half distance, and that was my first time doing it, but I had done the marathon. So it was interesting. It's like interesting going down when you've gone a little longer. Yeah. Yeah. What was that like? Oh, it was a blast. Like I <laughs> thought the half distance was so much fun to do. Yeah. It was interesting because I spent like five years basically trying to – well, did I spend that long? Maybe it was like three actually. It was like two or – okay. I exaggerated. It was more like two or three. <laughs> Working more on like 5K, 10K. Mm-hmm. Um and and then hard times doing that. <laughs> Very humbling. Yeah. Then after that, I was like, you know what? Let me let me go back up. I'll do a half. Dan was gonna do a half, so I was like, I'll do a half too. Um, and it it was it was a lot easier to be honest. It was a lot more fun. Yeah. And it was nice to like see some success when you've spent a long time just like trying trying to do a good 5k and it's just not really happening yeah yeah Yeah. I I feel like the 5k is one of the hardest races absolutely absolutely it's so funny because when I say I like think that the 5k is harder than the marathon anyone can clip that clip that and take it as it is take it out of context (laughs) 5k is harder than the marathon point blank I actually think that because first of all like the 5k is so intense from like the gun you're Mm -hmm. like off the gun there's no let me just spend the first 10 minutes getting myself together here it's like no that's more than half of the race and then like 400 meters in you're like already pushing really hard (laughs) there's no margins to have like a bad minute you can't have a bad minute of the race nope marathon it's a lot I would say for the first at least 32 ish k i was like smiling i was having fun i mean it got really painful it got really hard but the majority of the race is a blast not really with the 5k no i feel like the best part of the 5k is when you cross the finish line (laughs) 
for like five seconds where you're having fun at the beginning. You're like, woo, I feel so forced. <laughs> then you yeah. like hit, hit your lactic point. You're like, never mind. I know. And it's like, it's so much longer than you think it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I feel like, uh, especially going with miles instead of kilometers, <laughs> it just, well, one, it doesn't like make sense in the grand scheme of the 5k but you're like i'm at mile one and a half what does that even mean <laughs> like exactly. not even halfway <laughs> oh my god can you think in kilometers at all no okay okay <laughs> you know what i've gotten so good at the mile to k conversion because so much of my following is american that makes sense yeah yeah, yeah. i actually i have an athlete in brussels Okay. So I always have to like pull up the conversion when I'm giving her plan because she goes by kilometers. Yeah. Yeah. Are any of the athletes that you're coaching training for 5Ks? Oh, are any of them? I think one is mm. off the top of my head. Yeah, because we like just talked about goals for next year. So it's all like new goals. <laughs> but yeah. most of them are longer. I've got okay. a, a handful of ultra runners, so, you know, okay. opposite okay. end of the spectrum. <laughs> what do you think, like, the majority of your athletes are training for the marathon? I've got a handful of marathoners. Okay. I think most are probably half for a marathon. Okay. Yeah, those are two really good distances. Yeah. I know. I think the half is, like, one of the best. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'd love to run another half. I think that was a very exciting distance to race because you're running hard. It's – it's got the intensity, but there's also like the strategy with fueling. Like you, you don't have to worry about that when you're doing 5K, 10K yeah. training. So like there's a bit of that. Mm-hmm. There's a bit of like speediness there, but also endurance. It's a good distance. Yeah. 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 And it's like not too long, but it's not too short. Yeah. It's just – yeah. And it's like still really impressive to people who like don't know running. <laughs> That's so true. I remember when I was doing 5K training, I would post about it. I would go Mm -hmm. out on – I would do – like I would have an easy run where I would do 60 minutes of running. I'd get like around 12 kilometers, maybe just under 12K. And someone would say like, "Um, why are you training for a 5K if you can already run 5K? And I'm like, because it's not just about completion. It's Mm -hmm. like – try to improve at things too but I always thought that was funny I used to get that comment a lot yeah yeah I get that from my non-runner friend so I I have another podcast with um I co-hosted with this guy named JK and we were just talking about this recently because I um I've been coming back from a foot injury but I want to get back into 5k training and he was like this is a dumb question but can't you just run a 5k like on Saturday and I was like yes I can but there's a difference between running a 5k and racing a 5k (laughs) Totally. But yeah, yeah, it's like, I guess if you're not in the running world, it makes sense. Like why, why would you train for something you can already run? I guess so. I don't know. It's interesting. Dif- different mindsets for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people think of the 5k as like the first race distance that people get into. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of people don't go back to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. people tend to like keep going up the ladder, but it's like, no, you can like say at the 5k and just get faster. A hundred percent. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I feel like, to be honest, for me, I feel like the reason why I moved up was because I almost gave up on myself, mm. uh, gave up on my ability to run faster. It was more when I felt like 
discouraged that I was like, okay, let, I'll move up in distance. But yeah, I think I think it's hard because it's so – when you set a time goal, it's so failable mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yes. Where when you set a completion goal, it's it's less failable in some way. I don't think failable is weird, but I <laughs> – maybe not. But I just think that – you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I do. It's – you can't – you could fail at it. Like I have DNF to race before, yeah. so to, you totally could. And completion is such an incredible thing to to accomplish. I've done – I've completed races, been super, super proud. But um, yeah, there's a big scary thing when you put a time out and you feel like, okay, it's, it's very cut and dry. Either don't hit this or I hit it and – it's a real challenge to do it. Yeah. 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 And I think especially when you share so much of yourself on social media like you do, because then it's like not only do you have the time goal that's weighing on you that like obviously means a lot to you and you want to accomplish it and like your close circle knows too, but mm-hmm. like you have a wide berth of opinions now on that time goal and like watching you to see if you'll do it. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I remember last year – when I was training for the half, a lot of people were asking me about like if I had a time goal and I definitely did. Like I wanted around that 130 mark and mm-hmm. I put that out there like I told people. And I remember like someone asking me, are you – does it put pressure on you at all to know that if you fail, you're going to like fail in front of everyone? Um, and it didn't to be honest, because if I did fail, I'd want everyone to see that that happened, right? Like there have been times on my channel where I've talked to, like I've, two years ago, I was like, yeah, I'm going to try and run 1845 in the 5k this year, spend the entire year trying to do it, not doing it. And talked about it every time just being like, didn't happen, didn't happen. I want people to know that Sometimes you set a goal and you don't achieve it. Like that's such a normal thing to have happen. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I I didn't worry about that because I knew that I'd just be sharing like a reality of life and a reality of running if that was something that happened. So yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really refreshing. And I think one thing that not only in running, but a lot of us get caught up in is like setting goals that we can achieve. And if you're always setting goals that you can achieve, you're not dreaming big enough. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's funny because a lot of people will say, oh, like I'm just – they won't – they won't say it out loud. And I think it's okay. I think it's okay to say that you care about something. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people will be like, oh, I'm just running for fun. Like I don't care. And sometimes that's true. But I also think for some people – sometimes that's a bit of like a defense mechanism of not wanting to admit that you care, not wanting to admit that maybe you failed at something that you cared about and that, or not wanting to admit you're disappointed. Mm -hmm. But like disappointment's a part of life. Failing's a part of life. I think it's okay. I think it's okay to, to show that reality and to, you know, not show, show that everything's not always like peachy keen. Yeah. And I think it's more than okay. I think it's important to show that because so much of social media is just like the highlights and like it's easy to think that everyone is just achieving everything that they set out to do and like everything's great and it's not. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. I think it's okay to say you're not okay. Yeah. 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 Um, Is that 
you kind of talked about this with Liz on her podcast, but is that partially why you share so much, like not only the good, but also the bad on your channel? So interesting because I feel like I go very back and forth with it in my mind, like in my heart. I'm like, yeah. Diane, you put too, you put too much out online. Like, be be more private. Like, what's wrong with you? And then sometimes I'm like, you should put this out online. Like, put out online what you wish you were seeing. Right? Like, mm-hmm. when I scroll on social media, sometimes I get off and I feel bad. I'm like. And why is everybody's life so perfect? Why am I the why am I the only one who like had a bad day? Why am I the only one who ever has a bad race? Why have I like failed at this or had a hard time doing this? But sometimes when you see other people sharing, like when Liz shared that, you know, she set this time goal and she, God, she said she came so close. She had an incredible race, right? Mm-hmm. Like she didn't make her goal. Yeah. And she shared that. Um, I think that that's like very refreshing because we've all been there. Who hasn't been there, right? Yeah. Or sharing that you feel disappointed. It's nice to know that other people go through these things too because it makes you feel like it's okay. It makes it you feel like you're not the only one who struggles and therefore it's not just the world spiting you specifically for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's I like sharing I like sharing a lot, but it can be hard because when you do share, you open yourself up to a lot of criticism and and that's very difficult to take for sure. Yeah. Do you think it's harder for like us women to put it out there that we like care a lot about something and like we want to be competitive and stuff because like we were talking before we started recording there you and I see it and everyone else sees it like mm-hmm. women get shit on a lot just for existing. Oh, yeah. You know, the hard thing I feel like with being a woman is no matter what you do, someone will criticize it. So if you you try very hard, you're too intense, you care too much, you're all these horrible words that I'm not even going to say. If you don't try hard, you're not serious, you're – you don't – take things seriously. You're lazy. I don't know. You're lazy. Yeah. People will say nasty things. Like if you're fast, they'll criticize how intense you are, how hard you work, how you do too much, how you're overtraining, how you are obsessive, how you're whatever. If you don't do that, they'll say you're lazy. They'll say you don't work hard. They'll say that you're slow. They'll criticize your athletics. They'll say that you don't have, you know, your voice doesn't belong in the world of running because your times, you don't have anything to back up your training with. Your times aren't impressive to people. Um, it's funny because like I've kind of been on both ends. Like when I started running, I I didn't have like times that were impressive to the vast majority of people, I would say. Mm-hmm. Like my very first marathon was almost four hours and 30 minutes, right? So like yeah. a, a time that I was so unbelievably proud of, but I wouldn't say it's like necessarily something that a lot of people would be like super impressed by maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think society it, doesn't deem that as fast. Yeah. Let's yeah. say that. That's a really good way to put that. Mm-hmm. Society doesn't deem that as fast. And um, then I just ran a 305. And it's interesting because back then I was criticized for being too slow, not being a good runner, not taking things seriously, not training hard, not doing things right, look, having the wrong body type, da, 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 all these things. And then now I'm criticized for 
being too intense and doing and making this having this attitude having an attitude about it it's you can never do the right thing i think with women it's such a difficult spot to be in because people will find a reason to criticize you because people like to criticize women yeah it's, it's a really unfortunate yeah thing that we deal with especially in the world of social media um, yeah i have really enjoyed you commented that people have been saying you have an attitude i think you've just gotten more comfortable expressing your sassiness, which I really appreciate because I find it hilarious. (laughs) It's interesting because I feel like, you know, I've ran competitively for seven years now. I've not had one injury ever and I've had continuous growth in the sport and I'm not burnt out and I'm having the most fun. I love to run. Mm -hmm. I have a great relationship with my training and I I truly enjoy like partaking in the sport and I feel like one thing that's important to me is to show people that like one thing isn't going to work for everyone, right? So a lot of people don't like that I'll say, you know, heart rate training doesn't work for everyone. It doesn't work for everyone. It doesn't. It, it doesn't. It doesn't. People will say, if you do that, you're going to get injured. But there's a lot of people doing that and they're injured and I'm not. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's when I share these like opinions that people take as like hot takes or something, yeah. it's more just to be like, look, just because you see other things working for other people doesn't mean that these are like hard and fast rules. Yeah, there's science to like back up a lot of them. Um, You know, my coach has, I I trust my coach. My coach has their coaching certification, uh, undergrad in kinesiology and a master's in uh, exercise science and biomechanics. So I trust my coach to like do the right things for me. There's a lot of research, but research is always subjective, right? Like a lot of research is like, yes, we found this, but we need more research to know for sure. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure you know this too, but a lot of research is not done on women. Yes. I was just going to say that. And a lot of it is like such small sample sizes. So like for anyone unfamiliar, a lot of the studies are like, some of them are like done on eight people. And like, how are we supposed to extrapolate this to everyone? And it's usually like, young men in their 20s, early 20s, which like, I'm a woman in my 30s. How does that apply to me? Totally. And women have cycles, right? Yes. Cycles affect the way that your heart, we all know the cycles affect your body temperature, the way that your heart rate, like you can have some heart rate variability, variability during your cycle. There's a lot of research, like Dan and I did a ton of looking into this research. Um, And, you know, there's not there's not a ton of it on women, I will say. I also think it's interesting because a lot of people say, well, you have to have your heart rate in this certain zone. You have to have your heart rate in this certain zone. It's like, okay, but what if to get my heart rate in the genuine question, like what if to get my heart rate in that zone, my actual zones that are based off my my max heart rate and my resting heart rate, what if to get my heart rate in that zone, I had to walk? 90% of my run. Yeah. Like genuinely. I then think that's a common that, thing too. Is that the best way to train? That's so whack to me. Yeah. It makes no sense. I feel like a lot of people – well, one, they're missing like the individuality piece. Yeah. And like the fact that some of us do have higher heart rates just naturally. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm similar to you. 
and I get so mad at people talking yeah. about low heart rate training. So I'm like, I would have to like run, walk or run so slow. And then, I mean, you know this, the, usually the slower you run, then your biomechanics differ mm-hmm. to what you'd be doing on what we would defer to as an easy run and then faster running. So then it's like, do I really want to be practicing shuffling all the time just to be in zone one? Like, I don't that's think true. that's going to be what's going to help me the most. Um, yeah. And people, I feel like they tell that to beginners a lot. And then beginners tend to have higher heart rates because they're not used to running yet. So totally. then they feel like they need to be walking. Otherwise, mm-hmm. their heart rate goes up. And it's just like, this isn't helping a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. I also think it's okay for your heart rate to go up. Like, yes. I think it it's a very scary thing when you start paying too much attention to your heart rate. Like I for a long time when I got into the sport, I didn't even own a watch. And then when I got a watch for the first time, it was very rudimentary. It didn't have heart rate monitoring um, because that was very expensive. And I yeah. was a student and then a new graduate and I didn't have a lot of money. So mm-hmm. I just got a very rudimentary watch and it – Somehow I'm still here sur- surviving. <laughs> I didn't have a heart rate strap, but somehow I survived and still trained effectively. Didn't have that when I ran my first Boston qualifier. Like, I think people, I think running is such a beautifully simple thing in some ways. And sometimes when I, you know, am coming back into fitness, like when I, I was quite out of shape in the summer and uh, coming back into fitness, the best thing I did for myself was take my watch off. Yeah. And just run and just come back to that simplicity of the sport and don't overthink every this stat and that stat and just run. Just run for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I feel like the new technology is great in some ways. Like it can tell us a lot of things, but I feel like we're also losing touch with how to listen to our own bodies and know like what's actually easy running. And even beyond that, like, did I sleep well? Yeah. I, like I don't wear my watch to sleep because it's uncomfy, but like I don't need a watch to tell me I was in REM for this many hours and deep sleep for this many to know if I slept well or not, you know? Oh my gosh, that's such a good point. Yeah. You know, that makes me think about like all the kind of health stats we get on our watch too. Cause I feel like a lot of people even like get obsessed with like, how many steps did I take? How many calories did I burn? It's like, you don't need your watch to tell you if you're hungry. Like, you know, yeah. if you're hungry. you don't need your watch to tell you if you're rested. You probably know. Yeah. Yeah. That's or so similarly, true. you don't need your watch to tell you you're not rested mm-hmm. and then make you switch up your whole training plan just because the watch is like, oh, you shouldn't run today. You shouldn't run hard. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. I actually like really enjoy not utilizing my watch that much. Yeah. Like when I race, I don't use it um, because I don't need my watch to like tell me how fast to run. I can like feel paces. I can feel what feels sustainable. I know what feels like marathon pace. I know what feels like half marathon pace. That's the way I like train when I'm in training. I don't, we don't use like pace goals for, for my uh, like speed work. Mm -hmm. Instead what we do is we use like, okay, this is going to be like hard effort or medium effort. We use the word like steady a lot, steady effort. Um, And that like helps kind of get more in tune with 
like how to train effectively, but also I think it takes like that pressure off of like, I don't want to be, I want to be running. I don't want to be constantly like checking. Yeah. 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 And I feel like, especially like if we're talking about heart rate, at least for me, if I constantly check it, my heart rate's going to go higher, (laughs) which then it's like, okay, my heart rate is just, I'm just getting stressed now. It's not actually like my running's not hard. (laughs) Totally. You know what? I've been there because when I was coming back to training this past summer, um, very out of shape. Uh, I think I did, you know, I could feel that my heart rate was getting very high. I would get nervous about it. I was taking um, ADHD medication. I have a prescription for it. I wasn't just like getting it off the black market, but yeah, (laughs) I would take ADHD medication and um, that makes your heart rate a lot higher. I was stressed. I was like coming out of a bout of really, really bad stress. So Mm -hmm. my heart rate was high. But I think like constantly looking at it only made it worse. Like it just made it so much worse. It made me feel bad all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I see that a lot with heart rate and pace and just like even if you don't look at your watch at all during a run and then you see the stats after and that changes how you feel about the run, that's like when we have a problem. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Do you ever tell your athletes to run without their watches? Sometimes, yeah. Love that. I think I've had a few coaches who like try to introduce a bit of that. And I think that that's such a great thing. I think a lot of people are like really uncomfortable with that, but I love it. I know. I I am uncomfortable with it, but I also, (laughs) I feel like I don't get in my head as much about, I definitely don't care about heart rate. (laughs) And like paces, I'm just like, yeah. You know what you can do on your Garmin? I did this. I You can add like um, watch faces that are just like the time. Yes. So I like on my easy runs, I never look at pace or anything like that, but I'll track it like just for my coach and so that I have like my log of what I'm doing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just like flip it to the time watch face and then I just go. I love that. Yeah. yeah I usually have just like the distance. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice too. Yeah. Because that way you know how much you have left to do. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do know some people get obsessive about distance too, which <laughs> people hate it because I will I will stop my watch at like nine point nine nine, and I'm like, well, I'm home, so I'm going inside. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm even worse. I'll stop it at like point nine three. That's surprising about you because you're type A. So I, I would know. Expect- be rounding out. <laughs> I, I definitely used to. I was that person. I would run around until it was an even number. And then like, I think once I started coaching, I was yeah. like, this makes no difference. No. <laughs> like, no. Why? I'm just going to stop here. <laughs> that's the funny thing. I think for a lot of people, they it's like they like to see a round number. But if you think about it in your minds, like in terms of athletics, yeah. running another 0.07 meters around is not going to it's not going to make you better. It's nope. not going to make that run more, you know, more meaningful. It's not going to mean <laughs> anything. Yeah. Yeah. And actually one thing that helped me is like switching to training by time because then yeah. I wanted the time to be the nice number. So then the distance is all messed up. And similarly, um, I know we joked about like converting between miles and kilometers before, but sometimes I'll think about it. I'll be like, okay, this is 10 miles, but that's not even kilometers. So like, what am I going to do? <laughs> you can't please everything. <laughs> That's so true. The type A and you was like, oh my God. <laughs> I know. It's like, which one do I follow? <laughs> P- 
pure panic. <laughs> yeah. So. But sometimes that helps other people. Cause like your one number might be nice, but the other ones, they're chaos. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And like at the end of the day, it doesn't make a difference. But I also love time-based running. I think that's something that has like helped me a lot when it yeah. comes to honestly like chilling out on my easy runs too. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can't you can't speed up like 60 minutes. That's 60. Nope. So it doesn't matter. Like because sometimes, you know, you're like, oh, I got to get this done. Let me just – oh, okay, I got 10K I got to do. Let me just get it done as quickly as I can. But when you have 60 minutes, you're like, doesn't matter how yeah. fast I go. Yeah. Exactly. You're out there for the same amount of time. Totally. Totally. <laughs> I will use that for some of my athletes that I know if you give them distance, they'll run faster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a good tool. It is. Yeah. I wish more people would do time-based, especially like for trail running, which yeah. will we ever see you in the trail running world? I don't know. Maybe you know what? I used to train with a friend who took me trail running. It was unbelievably humbling. Let me start there. (laughs) I was like, wow, we're really moving. We were doing like, I don't even know. I don't even know what pace we were going, but it was not anything quick. But I I felt like we were speeding. It was Mm -hmm. so different. It's such a different thing. It's quite technical. I'm like, you're trying not to trip on stuff, but it was really fun. Yeah. 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 I feel like Trail running is what broke me of my type A with running yeah. because you kind of have to give up all expectations <laughs> once yeah. you like add invert and rocks and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because probably in a lot of ways it's very similar mindset to cross country. Yeah. 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 It's just like enjoying being in nature. Yeah. The only thing about – I feel like is every trail run like 100 miles? No. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody who trail runs is like, I did a 15-hour race in the middle of the night. I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) No. My longest – well, so you'd probably start with 50K if you did want to go into ultras. I mean, they do have like 5K, 10K. Yeah. 15K, 30K. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Some ultra distances. Um, But my longest was the 50-miler that I DNF'd. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's long. That's a, 50 miles. Yeah, I didn't make it that far. I made it 37 and a half. That's a long way. That's a really long way. It is a long way. Yeah, especially over mountains. I'm trying to do the conversion. 50 miles is close to – it's about – is it about 90 just under that? Long? I think so. Yeah, because 100K is 62 right. okay. miles, so 12 miles less. How long does that take people? Well, it depends on the person. <laughs> yeah. An average person, like what would that take? An average person? Well, it also really depends on the course too. True. Um, the one I was attempting, the fastest person I want to say was like between seven and eight hours, which is absurd. Yeah. I think it took me eight hours to get to the second aid station. <laughs> That's so long. Which is wild. Uh, yeah, I DNF'd at 12 hours and was only at 37 and a half. So oh I would guess the average time for that race was 14 or 15. Yikes. Yeah. But this one also had a lot of gain. So it was like 11,000 feet. What is that? 30, 3,000 some meters. Wow. Yeah. So it was like brutal. <laughs> what does your body feel like after doing something like that? Um, in pain. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> walking was hard. <laughs> yeah. How long does it take you to feel normal again? Uh, actually, not that long. No. Uh, well, I didn't go the full fifty miles, but yeah. I was on my feet for twelve hours. Yeah. And so I guess it was maybe like four days. Okay. I mean, that's not that's not that bad. No. I, really, that's not that bad. It wasn't terrible. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of surprising, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised you weren't like, broken for a few weeks, to be honest. Well, I mean, then I, my foot started hurting out of nowhere, so I kind of was. <laughs> yeah. 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 Crazy. Yeah. So if you ever want to do an ultra, <laughs> I'm sure I'm selling it right now. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um, but you're converting back to the shorter distances in 2024, yeah. right? Yeah, I'm going to do some indoor track in the winter. So I'm going to do something very out of my element. I think I'll probably do like a 3K on the track or maybe something even shorter, like maybe a 1K. So yeah, it'll be exciting to do some speedier stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't – it's not going to be easy for me. That's not like really where I tend to shine. But I think it's good to like step outside of your comfort zone and also like do things that – like kind of scare you a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Have you run a 3K before? No. So it's an automatic PR too. I know. I know. This is true. (laughs) Yeah. You like literally can't fail. Yeah. That's true. Unless you drop dead. (laughs) Well, yeah. Unless I don't finish. Which the one (laughs) – The one race I have DNF'd was a 5K. I just stepped off. I was like, I can't (laughs) – Honestly, I understand. <laughs> yeah. I think I got to 2K. I was like, no. <laughs> it can be a little too much. <laughs> yeah. It's intense. And also, like, if you're already, like, fighting for your life at 2K, having, oh, like, yeah. 2K is a long way to go. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's how my last 5K was. It, we were, like, 2K in. And I was just like, this is bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because when you put it in like the perspective of a 5K, it's like quite a long time. But I remember when I was in the marathon, when I got to like 3K left, I was like, that's nothing. I just have to finish, you know? <laughs> yeah, it is funny how when you go up in distance, it makes the shorter distances feel so short. Yeah, that's so true. In yeah. some ways, it kind of gave me a little bit more confidence to look back to the 5K and be like, you can do that. Why are you so in your head about it? You know what I mean? Because the last 5K I ran, I walked like three times. I just like – I don't know what happened. I just like fully fell apart. Dan was like, why are you walking? I was like, because I'm so tired. Like, But it's funny. I didn't walk once during the marathon. Yeah. But I think in I got so in my head about the 5K distance that I just like struggled with it mentally. But – yeah, it's funny that way. It really is. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like the 5K, it's like we were talking about before, it's so much easier to like go out so hard and hit <laughs> your limit too early. And then it's like, it's a complete mind game of like, can I hold this? Or mm-hmm. like, <laughs> what is it going to be like to finish mm-hmm. the next 3K? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Cause you have to ride the red line a lot harder in a 5k. Whereas like in the marathon, you're not touching the red line at all. You're not even close to it. Yeah. But in the 5k, you, you want to get as close as possible 
because you don't want to leave like any seconds left, right? Yeah. Like let's say you – in a, in the marathon, I remember my strategy. I was like, okay, I'm going to go out very conservatively and if I feel good when I cross the half, I'll make back time, right? Like I'll make back minutes. Yep. You cannot do that in a 5K. You There's no minutes to be made back. You have to You have to go out hard and then you have to hold – and you have to ride like so close to the red line. And I've stepped over a few times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. I think the cool thing about the 5K though is like it kind of forces you if you are shooting for a time goal, you really have to commit to it. Like yeah. you have to shoot your shot from the start. Totally, totally. That's a scary thing to do too. It is. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And especially doing it more than once. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you think you're going to go back to the 5K too? Oh, yeah. I love the 5K. Oh, my gosh. Wait, I, I hate love it, but I love it. <laughs> Do you have like a big time goal that you want to shoot for this year? I don't know about this year. I mean, eventually I'd like to get a sub 20 because mm-hmm. I never – my fastest time in college was 2035. And like I feel like if I had another year, I would have gone under. Yeah. But yeah, like my last 5K – well, one at altitude, it sucks. You yeah. live here, <laughs> but um, I ran one in San Diego last January and ran twenty four oh four, which was mm. upsetting because I wanted a sub twenty four and it was like so close, so close, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. It's one of those goals because it's like twenty minutes is so far away in the grand scheme of five k's, but yeah, yeah, that's like the beaming light. I know, I know. I feel like that's also the big one for a lot of women. Is like. Yeah. You just look at that sub 25K, you're like, that's that's a big deal. Yeah. yeah. Dropping into the teens. Totally, totally. <laughs> yeah, that's very exciting. Yeah. I remember when I did it, I like couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, that's such that's such a big deal. But it's interesting because then you just like look to the next thing. You're like, nah, yeah. better if I was in the 18s. <laughs> the goalpost is always moving. It always moves. Yeah. Do you think you'll try again for the 1845? Absolutely. Yeah. I like, it's funny because I feel like I struggle with my confidence, but sometimes like I flip flop so back and forth. I'll be like to Dan, I'll be like, I I don't think it's going to, I don't think I'm going to get there. And then the next day I'll be like, I can do it. I know I can. <laughs> I feel like today, right now I'm having a like, I can do it type yeah. of minute. So yeah, definitely, I, I definitely think it's possible for me. Like Running running a good marathon gave me some confidence to be like, you can do that. You can run hard. You can, you know, go out and compete and push yourself. So I don't know. I think sometimes you need to like step away from that and get a little perspective and then come back to it. Yeah. 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 Well, I'll be really excited to follow along. And if you're ever downing yourself, you can just replay this episode and be like, I can do it. <laughs> That one time I had the confidence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just play it on a loop. <laughs> totally. Well, I think I've kept you long enough. And honestly, I have no idea what we talked about for the past hour. <laughs> but this was so fun. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, this was so fun. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, thank you for coming on. And if anyone wants to follow and not hate on you, where can they find you? You can find me on TikTok at Diane underscore Lauren. And then I'm on Instagram at Diane underscore Lauren underscore 19. Perfect. And I will link all of those. But yeah, Diane, thank you so much for coming on today. It was so fun. 
Thank you so much. Can you hear Pumpkin? I can. <laughs> He's trying to get out of this room. <laughs> Hi, and welcome back to the Multifaceted Athlete with Coaching Lutz. I'm your host, Kelly Lutz. I am a USGA certified running and ultra running coach and certified strength and conditioning specialist. I am so excited to have you here today. We'll be talking all about running, aspects of running, strength training, and anything else that makes us humans who do sports. So let's dive right into this episode. I hope you love it.